KRCL, Salt Lake City. In honor of Volunteer Appreciation Month, everyone here at the station wants to say thank you to the countless number of volunteers that make KRCL, KRCL. From 1979 to 2022 and beyond, we would not be here without our dedicated volunteers. Whether you're a DJ, you're out hauling the tent all summer, or you're on the board or answering phones during Radiothon, it all goes to making KRCL what we all know and love today. That's the way we get by, the way we get by. Homegrown's alright with me. Homegrown is the way it should be. Homegrown is a good thing. Plant that bell and let it ring. Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, and DIY creatives every weeknight at 6. I'm Aldine KRCL's punk rock farmer here with Laura Jones in the studio. Hey. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. It's winter part three that we're coming out of here this last week. And if you missed our little crosstalk with eBay, you've had to cover some things in the garden, right? Yes. Uh, well, I have a hoop, so I did pull it up. And then we did look at some fruit trees. And some of the buds got a little damaged. Real so I think, we, I think we'll notice a little bit of fruit damage this year. A little bit of fruit damage. All right, let's talk about what's on the show tonight. We have... Uh, Man, we have a great show. We have the Victory Garden plant sale ladies, um, a lavender gardening, um, Amanda Pratt and Shirley Steinmacher. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about their, they have a lot of peppers and they have some stuff from Peru and they they have their own little plant sale. They did it last year and they're back. It's so. definitely plant sale season. And uh, of course, you can always check the show notes and get those details. But the Urban Farm Report is really interesting tonight, too. So um, Laura Flowers with us. Uh, she's from the Merritt Medical Employee Garden. And it's a one-acre garden. It's out uh, It's out in West Valley. It's in South West Valley. And, uh, boy, they're doing some things. They're getting everybody involved. I'm guessing we'll have some tips for people to go to their own employers and say, I think we need the stress reliever on site. It's going to open some eyes for sure. Okay. Also, we have Skywatcher Leo T. He's going to be back with another episode of Many Cultures, One Sky, including comets, fireballs, and other space sightings across the universe. Our friends from Fish for Garbage will join us to talk about their gear swap this weekend, a Prover River cleanup later this month, and others plan not only in Utah, Al, but they're taking the show on the road to Oregon and Wyoming now. Good stuff. So that's coming up. But let's get started with some fresh homegrown music with a band who's members come from Tanzania, Congo, all across the United States. Let's get these folks on mic, Aldine. Sounds good. Uh, let's see. Maybe we can start right here, Hannah. right here. And uh, we're going to introduce everybody. There's half the band here. There's actually 12 people in this band. All right. So we're going to start with Hannah. What do you do in the band, Hannah? So I am, I was originally started as a dancer, uh -huh. and I'm also training to be a singer in the band as well. That's very cool. Yeah. All right, let's get Eli on the microphone. Eli Caldiero, you may recognize that last name. I, you've even been on hey. the show doing some poetry, right? Uh, me personally, no. I've I been on the show yeah. playing bass. They're playing bass. I'm, that's I'm, what I do. I play bass. I'm thinking of your sister, <laughs> aren't I? Yes, you are thinking of my sister. Sarah, right? Sure. Uh -huh. All right. And I believe your dad has a poetry gig with the festival this weekend, so I'm just plugging that right now. Yep, he does. So <laughs> you can check uh, our show notes sure for that. Sure, you'll appreciate the plug. Alex Caldiero, the sinosopher of Utah County. All right, and then we got Darren Farnsworth. Darren, you want to lean on into a microphone and tell us what you do in the band? Yes, How long hello, you been hello. Doing it? Uh, happy Good Friday. Uh, I play drums in the band. Drums. Yes. Is there only one drummer? Because I'm thinking there's a lot drums of drums and uh, going there's on. a lot of percussion. Yeah. Yeah. So excellent. It's, it's good. It's a good time. All right, let's pull that microphone down now to our lead singer. How you doing, Master Kennedy? Hey, glad to be here. My name is Master Kennedy. I appreciate everything you guys are doing for us tonight. I mean, this is a great opportunity for us, you know. I'm here with the Okosi um, Afro Beats. I mean, we out here in Salt Lake. I, I got to say this to the people in Salt Lake City that we here to save you guys the trip to Africa. <laughs> we brought the African music in the city. You guys got to know this, that we're here, and um, it's a great experience. We Good to be here. also have Eric Fungo with us. Lean on in there. Yes, uh, my name is Eric Fungo, and originally I'm from Tanzania, East Africa. I'm a performing artist, but this time I'd like to 
focus into studying this Afrobeat band because also I'm an expert into African culture in which African mm -hmm. music is a part of it. The band has 12 pieces. Yes. yes. 12 so, pieces. So uh, I think. Who's, who's missing? Uh, okay, the person who's missing right now, we have yeah, Jaren. James on the camera. Before James on the camera. James is here on the camera. James folks. is here. Um, Taking some he'll, great he'll, photos. He'll, he'll go last. Maybe he can say something if you want to. But I'd like to give a shout out to Jared. He's uh, a trombone player. Uh, his brother, Steven, he's a saxophone player. We have nice. Christian, who's a guitar player. We have Ab, who's also a guitar player. We have Jorge, who's on a keyboard. And we have musical percussion. And his wife, I, also on percussion. All right. And we have a, a band member in training here, Bud, but he's got to wait. He's got to earn it, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I would like to give uh, a mic to James yeah. so he can say something at least. All just right. Well, let's camera. just move some stuff around so James can join us. James, you're on, on, cam on the camera duty today. Hello, my name is James. I spit flames. I take aims to explain where the truth lay in the cut like a DJ. And my not last name is Barry. James Barry. All part of this big band we have in today. Onkosi on oh. E Afrobeats Live. Yeah, you got it. Onkosi E Afrobeats Live. Okay. SLC. So I, I, I wanted to bring something out that we learned before we turn on the mics, folk. And that's that's how many languages are spoken in this room. Master Kennedy, how many languages? You want to name them for us? Man, when we talk about language, I'm from the Congo. And the Congo, we have like thousands of dialects, man. It's really, really insane how big is the Congo and how and many languages we, we got out there. And it's really crazy. I can give a simple example. Like somebody who live in West Jordan and somebody who live in, in West Valley, they don't speak the same dialect. And, mm. you know, we it's basically languages, but we call it dialects, you know. Yeah. But it's because it's really different, you know. I mean, I speak like six languages, and um, English I'm working on is going to be my seventh. <laughs> Once I get it. <laughs> You're doing much better than I am, so I, uh, I've Thank got the one, Al. you got a little Italian, I think. A little bit. A little, a little bit. But uh, you sing in a mix of Lingala is one of the dialects. Correct. Correct. And then some French and some English. And then uh, Eric is lagging behind with only four languages. Yeah, I speak four <laughs> languages. Actually, last would be English, mm -hmm. but I speak Swahili, which is my national language I'm from Tanzania. Mm -hmm. I speak Haya tribe, which is my mother language, and Kinga tribe, which is my father language. Amazing. But when I sing, um, sing fluently in Swahili mm -hmm. and Haya tribe a little bit and English, but the Kinga tribe is, I'm yeah. starting having problems now. I'm not mm -hmm. fluent as the other languages. Yeah. yeah, so March 25th, you had a big show over at Trolley Square and you're gearing up for another one in August. Yes. Uh, What's yes. that gonna be? Uh, in August, it's gonna be a festival organized by uh, our fellow uh, organization that we're working to create this massive show with this organization. It's called Ngoma Africa Cultural Learning Center in Provo. And uh, always, they've had this for seven years. They have African Culture Festival, and they do it in Provo. And this time, since we joined forces, they invited us to be a part of it, just like they came to be a part of our show. So we're going to do that into all our events, including the Capoeira School, too, which we'll talk about it as we go. Okay. The African Heritage Festival, yes. August 6th. Yes. August 6th. We'll be sure to put details in the show notes fo so folks you can plan your trip. But Master Kennedy, tell us about this first song. What's it called? What's it about? Because you're singing in multiple languages again. Guys, there's a deep story behind the songs. You know, I'll say the music in the beginning, it always has um, been inspired by the everything that happened to us. You know, the music comes from everything that happened in daily lives, you know. And um, I'll say the music has changed a lot ever since the money came. I had this conversation with my father. When the money came, it changed the aspect of the music. The music it used to be a lifestyle and it become more business like any business. So the inspiration starts changing. A lot of musicians, a lot of talented people, they start doing music um, that people want. You know, that's the business. You sell what people want. And so my music, <laughs> it was inspired by the, everything I've been through in my life and, you know, everything I've been to back home. You know, I, sing, I like to sing about it. I like to tell people about my life and everything happened to me you know every day lately <laughs> all right al you want to do the honors sure this is onkose e afro beats with olum oluwami 
Right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. Watch me down, anytime them they push me down. Only one need they pick me up. Oh, that's why I pray, Papa God. Say every day me I pray, Papa God. Say me I pray for my people. Just me need the money, me I pray for my people. Don't wait until you fall, you got to, Papa God. Don't wait until you fall, you got to, Papa God. Don't wait until you fall, you got to, Papa God. Guadalupe School in Rose Park needs volunteers to teach English to adult immigrants in our community. No teaching experience or a second language is required, just the desire to make a difference. More information at guadschool.org. KRCL Spring Radiothon starts April 22nd. That's right, Earth Day. If you're planning to donate already, why not do it right now at krcl.org. In honor of Earth Day, why not plant a tree for a one-time donation of $100? Let's kick off Radiothon right and head into Earth Day with half a forest ready to plant. Donate now at krcl.org. Thanks. Flower said I wish I yeah, Radiothon is a week from tonight, Aldine, and I know you have some specials planned. We have some specials. We were, we're boy. Community support, I'm telling we, you. We have, we've got some biochar stuff, uh, some packages. We've got some Red Acre Farm farm stays. We've got oh, yeah. tickets to a Burgers, Bikes, and Bands that we're going to be, I'm going to be playing at down there. We've got some stuff for Wasatch Community Gardens. We have a, an invitation to the pre-sale, which yeah. Where you go and you get to pick first and don't have to beat the crowd and all that stuff. So we have some really cool stuff. Our community really responded and the folks here at KRCL really got behind it. And we're Mm -hmm. really happy to raise some money for the station. And those will only be during Al's night, the 22nd, Earth Day. And then the and next the, week after And then that, the next Arbor week Day. after the 28th. And if there's anything left over, I'll be on with Circus that night. And I think we'll have to throw yeah. those out there if we yeah, can. Absolutely. Okay. So anyway, let's do rallies and resources and folks that are waiting for Skywatcher Leo T. He's still coming. We're going to, we have a lot of cavalcade of stars in the studio tonight. So he's yes. going to help us make some transitions. But first, let's talk with our friends from Fish for Garbage. We have Lexi Kaili and Shane Grimes here from Fish for Garbage, a great nonprofit in our community. You're doing a lot to clean up the waterways, Lexi. It's been a while. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And Shane, thanks for being here. Great to be back. Husband and wife, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you so much. So tomorrow's a gear swap, and what's cool here, folks can bring their used gear, swap it, etc. How does it work? So we've got a bunch of outdoor people involved with Fish for Garbage, and we encourage them to bring their slightly used outdoor fishing gear and we're going to give it to people at a great sale rate. Um, yeah, so. Where's that going to be and when? 
Patagonia Outlet and Sugar House tomorrow morning starting at 10 o'clock. If you want to sell stuff, show up at 9 o'clock. We'll get it priced. 80% of the proceeds go back to the owner of the gear, and then 20% of it will go to Fish for Garbage to help fund our cleanups throughout this year. And you got a couple of cleanups coming up. In fact, one on the Provo River uh, bef- the day after Earth Day. You have five cleanups coming up. We do. So we have five cleanups in northern Utah. We're really excited. So um, next weekend, Saturday the 23rd from 9 a.m. to noon, we'll be on the lower lower Provo River this the day after Earth Day. So during COVID, you were still able to do some as more kind of self-directed, everyone signing waivers and all that jazz. Are you having the whole party back? We are. So we're going to be starting our, you know, barbecue picnic style gatherings again, which we're really excited about. Part of what we do is bringing the community together um, and just mobilizing people, you know, together as a group. So and, and seeing collective action. How many years and how many tons of waste have you been uh, able to do achieve? Yeah, we've pulled about 50,000 pounds of garbage out of uh, waterways in northern Utah, and we're really excited that, you know, some areas we go to, we get less and less trash, but unfortunately, some areas we go to and we keep getting more every year, which is not the goal. Have you been finding uh, face masks in the rivers? Oh, yeah, lots of face masks. Come on, people. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's our eighth year doing this, and Mm -hmm. uh, it's just grown every year. We're really surprised that people are just jumping on board and seeing how important it is for us to take care of our natural spaces and places. It's a nonprofit, Al. Uh, uh, a lot of them get loved to death, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like people are out there using them, but they're bringing all their junk with them. Oh, yeah, for sure. We've seen just such an increase in traffic on all these places. I think COVID, everyone was kind of locked down inside. And then now that we're back, you know, kind of open, it's just like everyone's flooding. The floodgates have opened. Right. So our mountains and our rivers and canyons are really being impacted. So we just see such an importance of all of us just giving back. And it's like not just on the rivers, but in our daily routine, whether we're going on a walk with our dog or like going to the park, it's pretty pretty easy to grab a couple pieces of garbage and throw them in the trash. And, you know, a lot of hands make light work. So you've got Beyond Provo on April 23rd. Let's get through the schedule, but I also want to talk about where you're taking this on the road to other states. So first, what are the cleanups this year? Yeah, so a Provo River next weekend. Uh, the next one after that is Ogden River on June 25th. We are cleaning up Strawberry Reservoir, which is also going to be a camp out, which we love to do to, to get to know our community and, and build our network that way. That one at the Strawberry is on July 16th. Green River, we float down the river. That one's also a camp out. Um, August 13th, and then Weber River on September 10th. And then we are expanding out of state this year for the first time. That's pretty cool, Al. We're going to Oregon and Wyoming. Very good. How's that working? So we're really excited. So we found some really cool sponsors that, you know, have been with us for years now that we're just partnering with and, and finding ways to break out into their communities as well. How does it work? So for folks listening right now going, I think I might want to get in on one of these cleanups, especially in Utah. You know, I got to... You know, be of a certain age, certain height get, to get on the ride. What's the deal, Shane? <laughs> oh, no. These are family events. Um, people bring out their kids of all ages. And it, you don't have to get in the river. You can just walk along. There's usually trails along the rivers. So uh, it's really family friendly. It's not just fly fisher people. That's what a lot of people think. They hear the name fish for garbage and they think, oh, I'm not a fisherman. Why do I want to get involved? It's not like that. It's a community involved activity. You know, we just mm-hmm. want to bring people together to give back. All right, so do I need to register? Uh, is there anything online? Where do I go? Yeah, you can go to fishforgarbage.org and register online. Uh, there you'll sign a waiver, and we'll also have everything you need when you show up. Um, gloves, bags, lunch, snacks, the whole deal. Excellent. What's the website? www.fishforgarbage.org. And gear swap tomorrow. What time does it start at Patagonia and Sugar House? 9 o'clock for sellers, 10 o'clock for buyers. All right. Great when we stuff. come back, we're going to talk about the Victory Plant Sale. But first, let's get to Skywatcher Leo T. It's Skywatcher Leo T here as we look up, look around, and get a little bit lost in space. Looking up from the good planet Earth in the morning with your hot chai or whatever warms you into the dawn. The long strand of planets spanning east to southeast continues with Jupiter closest to the horizon, followed on the right by Venus, Mars, and Saturn angling up into the sky almost equally spread apart from terra firma. And in the evening glow of light, Arcturus is climbing high in the east. Equally bright Capella is descending high in the northwest. 
They stand at about exactly the same height above your horizon at some moment, uh, around 9 p.m., and they're up for about an hour and a half. They're both big and relatively bright, but Capella consists of two yellow giant stars orbiting each other every 104 days. Yeah, pretty cool. And in other space sightings of the universe, the Hubble Space Telescope has been busy lately, finding a new star in a galaxy we reported last year, or last week, I mean, a mere 13.5 billion years away, and now confirming a giant comet. According to NASA, images from the Hubble show the nucleus of the comet, which is the largest comet ever seen, at least from Earth, at least in modern times, with a big space telescope and by bipedal beings. This beauty stretches about 80 miles across and is about 50 times larger than the average comet core. David Jewett of UCLA says the comet is literally the tip of the iceberg for many thousands of comets that are too faint to be seen in the more distant parts of the solar system. This monster of a comet is currently rolling along about 22,000 miles an hour and has been falling toward the sun for about a million years. And in things swept under the rug department, and it's a big one, an object from outside of our solar system exploded over the Earth in 2014. Declassified government report reveals a fireball that blazed over Papua New Guinea in 2014 was apparently a rock from another star system. That's uh, before Oumuamua. And according to a recent memo released by the U.S. Space Command, the small meteor measuring just two feet across slammed into Earth's atmosphere on January 8, 2014, after traveling through space at more than 130,000 miles an hour. This is a speed that gives astronomers a strong clue because it far exceeds the average velocity of meteors that orbit in the solar system. This study says meteor speed, along with the trajectory of its orbit, showed that the object had originated far beyond our solar system possibly from the deep interior of a planetary system or a star in the thick disk of the Milky Way galaxy. You can see an artist's illustration of this as well as other photos, images, and sources from this report on the Skywatcher Facebook page. Check it out. And NASA has fired up the core of its Artemis 1 moon rocket in preparation for a possible June test flight of the rocket around the moon, sans humans, as NASA gets set for a moon mission with people on board. It's many cultures, one sky. Blocks all over the sky from the Shimshiyun tribe, Pacific Northwest Coast. Back when the sky was completely dark, there was a chief with two sons, a younger son, one who walks all over the sky, and an older son walking about early. The younger son was sad to see the sky always so dark, so he made a mask of wood and pitch, which was the sun, and lit it on fire. Each day he travels across the sky. At night, he sleeps below the horizon, and when he snores, sparks fly from the mask and make the stars. So keep your imagination flowing as we look up, look around, and get lost in space. Skywatcher Leo T. Oh, thank you so much, Leo. Um, volunteer contributor to Punk Rock Farmer Fridays. We really appreciate it. If you check tonight's show notes, you can uh, catch up with Leo on Facebook, ask questions, suggest perhaps some topics for future editions of Many Cultures, One Sky from Skywatcher Leo T. I'm Laura Jones, Aldine, KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer here for Punk Rock Farmer Friday. And rounding out rallies and resources, we're talking plant sales. Yes, we are. On May 1st is the Victory Plant Sale, and Amanda Pratt's with us, and Sterly, Shirley Steinrocker's with us, my buddy. Um, we had some fun at the Seed Exchange up in Ogden. Yeah. We were set up right next to each other you guys were busy and gave away a lot of seeds i'm sure you've started a lot of seeds now and you got a bunch of stuff ready to for your sale it's really crazy i think we've started a few thousand plants <laughs> and yeah. we, out of our home it's it's wow. a lot mm -hmm. of plant care we started in january um with a little project that we're doing with go biochar we just did some mixing of that in with our our planting medium and we saw how well or how not well they she did they some germinated. trial stuff yeah it was really fun so we got to remind folks that shirley's with the urban pepper project we've had him on the show before and you hooked him up with uh your buddy mick yeah. yes we have a connection to south america peru we have a connection to ahi peppers so i'm sure there'll be some of those on the agenda there are going going to be 10 <laughs> of the Peruvian ahi and Mexican Monterey Mexico peppers there and about 40 other varieties as well. Very cool. This is a conglomeration and Amanda, you've got stuff too. What did you grow? Yeah. What, do, what do you have? I am obsessed with cut flowers and tomatoes. So that's what I grow and we're growing probably around 
50 varieties of tomatoes. I mean, quantity varies. Some of your favorites? My favorite is always the brandy wines, even though they can be the most particular to grow. Uh-huh. Um, but Paul Robeson is the smoky delicious that I love. And um, yeah, and then cut flowers, which you really can't find a lot of cut flower starts. So we're growing snapdragons and scabiosa and all sorts of things. Flowers, you have to start really early, don't you? Yeah, and each one is particular and different so mm-hmm. um they're finicky aren't they they are and i know you you start them really early some flowers they start months early <laughs> it depends i do find that seed starting you feel like you're behind and then all of a sudden you are too late <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how it is you're you're called a uh, lavender garden and yeah. it's going to be at your place over mm-hmm. on 1617 maple avenue in mill creek I am thinking about starting a little lavender enterprise of my own. Are you going to have some lavender starts? We are. Yeah. That is one of the hardest flowers to grow. See, uh-huh. that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and it's perennial, too. We're mostly talking annuals, but it's especially a hard germinator, slow grower. Yeah. So you guys, first year was last year. What did you learn and what did you do different this year? <laughs> uh, first year we did a pre-sale online and we did heavy on the packs. So we had the salsa pack and the tomato lovers and we had a whole victory garden where we had tomatoes, peppers, squash, herbs, just everything you'd want in a well-rounded garden, just kind of how we got the name victory plants mm-hmm. and we did a pollinator pack yeah. so oh, we did the you did are you saying pack. that you didn't do that this past tense. <laughs> we will we will have packs available this year but we are not doing the online yeah. pre-sale did it, it spur anything different did you do any any grow anything different or start anything uh, we started a lot more so we have on a lavendergarden.com we have our plant list and that's about four or five pages long but we actually have at least twice that number of varieties of plants that are going to be available but smaller quantities than the ones that are in on the plant list my question is how do you keep them how are you keeping them alive <laughs> because that uh, you get what do you have 10 hours light rooms of watering. <laughs> <laughs> hours Literally of watering hours of watering and our plants haven't met each other hers are at her house and mine are at mine i have a hoop house a garage an office and dining room and a bathroom and amanda you have i'm about the same i i do out of my basement and then i have a little greenhouse out in my yard i do my garage and then we have um, potting up parties where we get together in Shirley's garage and pot up thousands. Of boy, oh boy! Uh, I yeah. know. I I potted up two hundred in the last. It took me a few days to do it, and boy, it's it's some work. And I I only <laughs> do it once. I I go from, like oh. I'll I'll grow in a two by two and then put 10 15 seeds and then i'll split them to four inch pots but that's it we mm. love that system we right do that right mm-hmm. you you do a dense in a, in yeah. a small little sometimes we'll, we'll plant um upwards of 30 yeah right 30 uh, tomato in seeds in one cell and, right mm-hmm. for sure so you guys weren't deterred you're back again this year yes mm-hmm. and you, are you going to just keep doing it? More excited than ever. We have more ideas than we have time for. <laughs> oh, we do. We get together and they don't stop. Our problem is um, pairing back. We can't do it. <laughs> we just keep going. You guys are your own punk rock farmers, but you also <laughs> want to encourage other people to just take a chance. Yes. Buy some plants, put them in the ground. This is it. Like this is, there's a governor of Georgia just signed a decree or something for a uh, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a state of emergency for grow supply food. chain. Yeah. So grow your own supply chain. Get get If you can't grow seeds yourself, then source yourself some plants. And if mm-hmm. just get them in the ground, just try them out. And Everybody we really starts. do cater to the new gardener. So the yeah. packs kind of help with that. And um, we just love like encouraging and educating people on at the sale, we do a lot of talking and yeah. how tos and plant spacing, and, and and really important to grow your to save your own seed. We've yes. learned that, haven't yes. we? And Local that's what seed. that's what we were doing up at the plant sale up in or at the plant sale, the seed exchange up in Ogden in February. Uh, boy, that was fun. That was so there was so, so many darn people there. <laughs> 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 Same nutty people. Everybody wanted to grow stuff. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yep. was so fun. So great to have you guys. Thank Let's you. do the date, time, and place one more time and the website where folks can check it out. 
Uh, May 1st um, from 9 to 3, 1617 Maple Avenue. Please join us. And what's the website where folks can get a preview? Lavendergarden.com. There you go. Good. (laughs) How are you spelling that? Um, uh, Lavendergarden.com. V-E-N-D-E-R, right? Yeah, V-E-N-D-E-R. I know there's quite the debate over how to spell lavender there, depending on which part of the uh, globe you're on. Anyway, thank you so much. We'll put uh, some links in our show notes so folks can check it out. Amanda Pratt of a lavender garden and Shirley Steinmarker of Urban Pepper Project. Congratulations. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. All right. We're going to transition into another song with our band here tonight, Al. Onkosi e Afrobeats Live. They um, have a big festival coming up in August. And we have one more song to share. And I wanted to get Eric Fungo and Master Kennedy back in to talk about this one with us. So you, let's hear about what the next song is. Um, Oshi? Yes. Oshi. Oh, man. That song, the story behind that song, man. It's a long story. But I'm going to try to break it down a little. <laughs> Check this out. My mom used to sing about everything we do. If you're being bad, she'll wait when she's doing laundry or dishes she'll be she'll make a song about it she'll sing about it so that's in the beginning i say about african music how it's inspired by everything so it was inspired by my mom you know and um, yeah she's 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 uh, my hero you know she inspired me to make What's that her song her name is odates odates mandungu you got to feature her in a song. <laughs> you got to let her sing, right? Exactly. Yeah, she was the, the funny thing, she was singing it for fun. And she's not even an artist, but she sings and it makes so much sense. And she makes songs about everything. Oh, I love it. That's where that song is inspired by. Man. Very good. Very good. Let's uh, find out though, where folks can pick up your music. Uh-huh. Are there any downloads or hard copies, Eric? Right now, it's going to be just on downloads. And he knows where the music is on all the platform itunes everywhere you tap master kennedy and you're gonna find it all the platform everywhere we'll put a link in the show notes al you want to do the honors yes this one is oshi with a an on kosi e afro beats on krcl 90.9 fm fresh and homegrown by our featured band tonight, Aldine. That is Onkosi, a Afrobeats Live featuring Master Kennedy 
on vocals. Folks, check tonight's show notes to download some of that music. And we'll have them back here before the end of the show to talk about uh, their next festival coming up in August. But now it's time for the Urban Farm Report, Al, which is all about... It's always all about um, our community and our agrihood and what's going on out there. And it's really great to have Laura Flower with us again. It's so great to see you, dear. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, it was really nice to come out to the garden and see what's going on. You've been there. I can't believe this. You've been there seven years now. And so it's kept you captivated. And you're getting, you're finding a way to get everyone involved. It's really cool. Will you just explain? There's three main sections to the garden. Explain a little bit about them. And paint a picture for where that is. Right. Merritt Medical, right? Yeah, Merritt Medical. We're in South Jordan, Utah, and Merritt's a medical device company. Been around for from since 1987. And um, so we have, we've evolved these sort of uh, parts of the program over the years. We started with 80, 100 square foot growing boxes and at least, you know, 150 to 200 employees that participate in that every year. And then we kept evolving from there. You know, not everybody has time as an employee to come and do the whole season. So we started thinking more about, you know, how can we get to more people? So we we uh, do plant sales. We so with the yeah. with the boxes, mm-hmm. there's it's eight thousand square feet. If you do the math, it's eight thousand square feet, and each person or maybe two or three people get together and they take care of the box, and they do the whole spiel. They they it's their box. You guys provide free plants, free equipment, free everything. No but they're doing all the work. Yes, and so that's really that's really cool. Um, they get time on the clock. Not every there. that's it's not for everybody though. Right, they do have to use their own time to come work on their garden box. But we, my schedule revolves around all the schedules that are merit because there's not only, you know, engineers and accounting, but productions happening. And merit is a 24 hour you know, uh, company. And so we make sure that no matter what schedule people have, they can come out and they can and do their thing. They can come on weekends. They can come, you know, really anytime. A little gardening at night, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they can bring their family members, which they really love. And a lot of folks are doing it for the first time. You know, there's a lot of apprehensiveness when you've never gardened before. And so I always say, put your black thumb, if you feel like that's what you have, on my green thumb. We'll figure it out. It'll just be, you know, we'll make sure you get vegetables to take home and, and uh, enjoy the season. Very cool. And, the, you know, uh, there's there's so many things you guys are doing now. Um, you you changed a pumpkin patch that is only good for pumpkins once. You made it. It's a half acre. You have an acre there. Um, it's a half acre. And you changed it to only vegetable production. Mm-hmm. And this is where the you pick thing is going on. Mm-hmm. And, and people only have to come for 10 minutes and help a little bit, and they get to take 10 pounds of veggies home with them. Yeah. So that's how you got some of the people who weren't so into getting their hands really dirty, mm-hmm. but they'll come and help a little bit, and then, and then they get to take home veggies. Yeah, it's kind of a win-win because, you know, it's, uh, it can be sort of integrated into their schedule really easily, and it's non-committal, right? You can come out once a growing season you can come out every week if you wanted to and I think I remember telling you when it was a pumpkin patch and I was out there in a you know hot July day weeding bindweed out of pumpkins <laughs> for a crop that you know you're only going to use for a month I thought never again, again. <laughs> at least we got to feed people and now it is wow. well worth well worth our while that half acre got us 10,000 pounds of produce last season what yes it was Al? yes it was it was a revolutionary year for us you know our full wingspan i feel like really kind of came together where even me and my go 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 okay what do you gotta you know get your stuff together i would just look around and be blown away you know when you treat you know care for the soil over years the, what you get in return it feels like the land is loving you back it's so it's so cool and then you were telling me you know the 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 folks there that are working there are from a wide variety of different cultures and uh, you're doing things kind of like 
a new rootsy kind of way mm -hmm. where you're growing some of the stranger plants that certain cultures really love and they really love these things but they're also teaching you guys how to grow these Absolutely. things yeah i think when you farm with people that are from all around the world you can never anticipate to always be in the teacher mode in fact that's sort of silly right yeah to be you know receiving uh information knowledge you know family heritage from people that you know use these dishes in their traditional meals and their cooking to say now this is the you know get grow the calabacita that's the mexican zucchini right yes. like or the moringa from the philippines or bitter melon also from the philippines but also used all around the world and it, you can just get into a kind of a you know a cyclone of knowledge that uh never stops this is a community thing where they're giving back to us mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it was really for them to start with really cool stuff it made us a little we got a little teary-eyed out there i always <laughs> do been out there and you did a is that where you went and did the thing recently i did no well i just went yesterday, yeah, and, just went yesterday? And, and went and talked to her well i'm kind of curious have you gotten any feedback i mean you're out in the garden very cool job, the only job of its kind with Merit Medical. But what do the higher-ups say about this and what it's done for, I don't know, morale, mm -hmm. camaraderie during COVID? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the founder and CEO of Merit, uh, Fred Lampropoulos, you know, he started with this vision, you know, and it kind of is sort of its own story in terms of how that inspiration came along. But, um, you know, I think uh, he sort of knew right from the beginning that it was going to have an impact. And like I said, over years now of trying different programs, you know, offering different classes, doing different things to say, okay, how can we really reach all the corners of all the people? It, it has changed merit culture for the better in a way that I just, you I know, you don't apply you, now, right? Isn't it cool? <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. It's really feel good stuff. It's great. It is. And it's really hard. I always say, you know, like I can talk about all these, you know, the programs that we run and what we do, but to capture the essence and I think most people who get to work in a community setting with you know food and people there is something so special that uh that you can't even really put into words and I I feel blessed I mean on days where I'm like man it's rainy or it's snowing again <laughs> you know I talk to people and feel their excitement and and uh, answer their questions as best I can and um it it just makes it it's the juice I need, you know, to keep going. Season number seven. Here I we go. love it. I love yeah. it. And so there's there's so much going on. There's more stuff. You have a farm stand. You um, you have a greenhouse that has right now, uh, like they were talking, thousands of starts. There's thousands of starts in there. You have four plant sales a year mm -hmm. and the money goes to a candy cane project and even not centered always around christmas time it goes the pandemic has brought down some things and it goes to folks who need it yeah yeah it's it's that's kind of the investment that is especially great that merit has made where it's not like we raise the money to keep our program going it all it's all about the people you know and it's an earnest you know project it really is it's all it's all about the people and that's well, that's why i do it you know? so you guys make you 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 had a number of maybe fifteen thousand dollars it goes back to the folks mm -hmm. it goes to the folks who need it who mm -hmm. are in need or if they you know need some help around christmas time or they've come through to some hardship uh, you I think this is really it's amazing Laura it's mm. amazing and you guys do flowers too you have yes. your you have a flower patch now you have an orchard um, they can come and pick fruit when there's fruit you and I were looking at the buds mm -hmm. and some of them were a little damaged we got a little uh, yeah a little downtrodden yeah. for I, a second I think peaches are going to be in high demand across the valley this mm -hmm. year you know but mm -hmm. I always think all right you know, the moisture this year maybe was more important than uh, some peaches, right? Mm. So that's how you make your peace because Mother Nature always has different plans. That's what I like to say. <laughs> so you have four plant sales. Is that just for folks at Merit or is it open to the rest of the community? This is just open to the employees. I mean, really, there are 1,800 employees in at South Jordan alone, although Merit's an international company. So we have plenty of 
you know clientele so to speak yeah. to to come i don't i don't think we'd have capacity to to take it on but we are always open merit is a is a closed campus because of their you know technologies and intellectual properties but um and patents and things like that but with you know with urban farming and gardening i feel like there's nothing that keeps community at bay you know we have just love to collaborate over the years with so many organizations and it all seems to fall in place so dare I say organically you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, we're talking with Laura Flower the community garden coordinator at Merit Medical here in the Salt Lake Valley and if that hasn't made you want to go look up the job listings online at Merit Medical (laughs) the garden there that serves so many folks as you said 1800 employees there but uh, it also goes into the cafeteria on site, and the dietitians work to create healthy meal options, which employees can take advantage of. Right. Yeah. We, again, that half acre, once we got our greenhouse, it allowed us to open up the whole landscape, you know, to supply our own veggies. And so that was where we just started with a few rows, you know, piloted it, started coordinating it. And now, you know, we're, we've delivered somewhere in the ballpark of maybe 3,000 pounds to them last year. And it's great. You know, we um, merit recently uh, as a result of the pandemic and, you know, people being more, you know, strapped and, um, you know, yeah, financially strapped. um, They started offering this healthy choice meal that's free. So every day employees can go in and uh, the dietitian coordinates with the cafeteria or the chefs there where they offer healthy meals. And that is, you know, that's kind of everything's sort of coming to a head on how the garden and and the merit clinic and you know the cafeteria all sort of works together to to make it happen and that's the vision has to happen like one thing falls off and you know so I feel grateful to work with an amazing you know team people who you know want to do innovative stuff you know and so yeah, it's great. Y- your history, you started with the New Roots quite a few years back, I 2010, did. 11? 11, yeah. 11. Yeah, I thought I was going into social work and then uh, <laughs> found New Roots and funny how your whole life changes, yeah. you know? Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And just you've taken it and run with it and made it your own. The the, the president of the of Merit, he's got to be proud of you, Laura, I think, too. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I was like, what do I say when I come on the radio tonight? And be like, am I allowed to uh, am I allowed to say that I'm already why am I already so tired? You know, you're at your excitement and ambition can can get ahead of you. But yeah. man, it's uh again when you see the the result and you see w- the impact that has on people, man, it's like uh, just its own little kind of energizer bunny to keep you uh, going and motivated so even some more community stuff you guys partner and you work with folks and you're helping folks that are starting employee gardens you're doing um you have you've worked with new um not new roots but you work with uh roots US charter school, roots charter mm-hmm. school mm-hmm. uh tyler bastian the kids over there um you work with the usu extensions mm-hmm. they're com- they were just coming to do something uh, to tour your greenhouse weren't they yeah yeah, yeah they're they're a horticulture class they have a, a greenhouse and field crops class and again that's the amazing thing and probably why i am in you know urban farming 10 years later because the community building is just a force to be reckoned with it cannot be stopped and it's just um it's been wonderful to bring it on and it just happens so naturally like roots they have all these farm animals right well we have produce through the season that you know we that becomes inedible or gets oversized and so we just started kind of like hey how about we just deliver every friday with our inedible produce for the their chickens animals. for their for their animals yeah. you know and uh so things like that uh, that uh again just seem to happen and over the years we've had a good handful of companies reach out to us uh, trying to do similar things and so you know uta um delta airlines they've started up kind of smaller scale mm-hmm. and then most recently uh fetzer uh woodworking you know, they had a plot of uh, land that they can't build on. And they thought, well, let's do an employee garden. So they came and toured, and we got to just collaborate and have fun and talk about it. And I got to look them in the eye and say, it's worth it. Okay? <laughs> it's worth it. It's, yeah. you know, and so. We, and it's good for your employees' health. Like, I worked at a place where they were building a new facility, and 
they asked the employees what they would like and it was free soda and they mm. did it and it was a very sedentary job and the soda price i mean it was you know you could take as much as you wanted but they underestimated how much soda people would drink to get them through the drudge of the day wow and if you could take a break and clock out and go work in the garden i think that's a better option as an employer absolutely and just on that note i mean I- I've gotten to know hundreds of people over the years, right? Because we have anywhere, you know, maybe 180, 200 gardener employees gardening every year. And the reasons and the motivations are so different. You know, some people are like, hey, I just want to supplement my grocery bill. Some people are like, hey, I want to, you know, bring my family members. Some people are like, I just need a moment to myself or it's part of a larger intention that they have. Therapeutic. You know, or we just become such great friends that they're like, man, I'm really busy, but I really love to come to just hang out with you guys, right? Because <laughs> we always tell people, they don't have to have a garden box. They don't have to come to a plant cell. If you just want to come out, you want to have lunch at a picnic table, smell a flower, see how it makes you feel, right? It does not need to be complicated. does not need to be anything that That's how you hook takes them. any time. I know. And then I just, then we just start talking plants and it's all over. You know? <laughs> no, it's beautiful. Oh, it's so good. It was. It's so good to have you back, Lauren. I mean, the story is just, I mean, the, we hear a lot of stuff about um, things ramping up because of the pandemic as far as growing food and eating healthy food and that kind of thing. And this just falls right back in line with it. And it's just so great you're doing what you're doing out there, dear. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really. Um, I mean, where can folks – you guys do workshops too. Is, is it just for the uh, for the employees? It is. So I guess if you really are psyched on you to come – Apply, <laughs> apply at but uh but we are always happy to be a resource like i said and just collaborate um so people can reach me you know by email um yeah we'll what's your email my email laura.flower at merit.com such a perfect gardening name we'll put it in the show notes thank you thank you so much laura flower merit medical i'm gonna have to look up at the job board <laughs> i'm telling you when we come back one more song from our featured band tonight and that is onkosi e afrobeats live salt lake community college's american indian student leadership presents its spring social powwow Saturday, April 16th from 12 to 10 p.m. at the Taylorsville campus at 4600 South Redwood Road. For more details, visit the events page of krcl.org. KRCL, your community connection since 1979. Utah Community Action is one of the largest nonprofits fighting poverty and its causes in the state. To support or access their programs for adult education, case management and housing, Head Start, heat utility assistance, nutrition, and weatherization for homes, visit utahca.org. And you're listening to Radioactive Punk Rock Farmer Friday. I'm Laura Jones, Aldine Strick, and I KRCL's Punk Rock Farmer. This is like our biggest show since we've come back live. And you know what? It went really smooth. Yeah, we did. We got people <laughs> in and out. We didn't break anything. So our fresh and homegrown band tonight is Nkosi E Afrobeats Live. Eric Fongo and Master Kennedy doing most of the, the talking honors. You had a big... Uh, gig at Charlie Square on March 25th. I know you wanted to thank some folks because they, they helped you put that on. Eric? Yes, yes. First, I'd like to start with giving a shout-out to uh, uh, Devin Pintor, who gave us a space to really rehearse uh, for about two months for free, and that's nice. why we did the debut over there. And also, I'd like to give a shout-out to um, uh, Soleil Capoeira, who joined us, and we all together... Did you want to say something? You create a... A multifaceted show. It's not just about the music. You have dance. Mm-hmm. You have uh, you have the capoeira, capoeira mm-hmm. which is tell tell folks what it is. Okay, so all these elements that I put together to create this show, they have all they all originated from Africa in one way or another. Um, Ngoma Africa, which is um, based in Provo, they they're the ones who present present. African traditional dance. So we as Afrobeats, we play Afro-modern, like African modern music yes. for dance and all that. But also, we cannot do modern and not teach people mm. where did all this came from. Mm. So we'd like to have that element. So instead of just entertainment, people can learn something. People can go home and say, oh, I didn't just go over there to dance. I came over there with something historical. And that's how we have that. And coming to Capoeira, is Afro-Brazilian martial arts. I'd like to start with that first. Really, it started about 500 years ago, and that is during slavery. All the slaves that were taken to Brazil, 
we're being forced to do jobs for so many hours and it became so exhausting and they had to start a movement to be able to resist, you know, and resisting when they're weak, they could not do that. So they were allowed to dance after work in the evening. So they created this movement from African warrior dances to what it is capoeira today. So it was kind of form of resistance. Even, even some of the folks were in prison where they were being watched, I read, and, the, and they incorporated these moves into a dance so no one would know kind of what it, they were doing. Yeah, it was camouflaged into, into a form of dance because those days, if you are caught doing capoeira, really the case was murder. He can help us out because he's been practicing capoeira for a long time too. Do you want to talk just Eli? a little bit? you want to add anything that I missed out, Eli? Oh, yeah, sure. So, I mean... Capoeira was practiced for a very long time by the slaves, and then Brazil was actually one of the la last countries in the world to abolish slavery. And once slavery was abolished, they didn't like people, like they kind of wanted to keep the slaves repressed, and the people who were doing the things that the slaves were doing, they wanted to keep them repressed. And so that's when Capoeira was illegal to practice, mm. um, even after slavery was gone. And that's when people were arrested for doing it um, and things like that. But then it was in the 1850s, I believe, where, um, or 1950s, it became legalized and recognized as a national sport in Brazil. There you go. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, it's, it flows like a dance, but it's very much a um, martial a combat, arts. A martial, a martial arts. arts. Until today, they kept the culture with African music and African instrument to um, keep the spirit in motion, yeah. keep it moving. So uh, in Salt Lake City, it was brought here by... Uh, uh, somebody called Mestre Jamaica, and I'd like to give him a shout out because I'm his student now. I used to do capoeira 10 years ago, and then I stopped, and then now I came back about two months ago. So he runs a school, it's called Salt Lake Capoeira, and it's right here in Salt Lake City. And if you want to check him out, you can go to saltlakecapoeira.com. You can get all the information about capoeira. You're, you're also you're joining you're joining forces with a lot of people to build community and education for your culture, and um, you're tied in with a 501c Nagome e Africa Cultural. This is Ngoma Africa Cultural Learning Center. It's based on in uh, Provo, and what they do is they provide all the um, programs like educational programs and entertainment at the same time so they do festivals also just what we talked about they're planning another festival which they've been doing it for about seven years now but mostly other than just shows they do uh, educational programs in schools in colleges and also they do performances and the organization is led by a lady that I have to give a shout out Yvonne you know she's the one who we talked in the beginning and say hey you have a really cool organization can we join forces and create this massive show here that is going to be in inclusive into all elements that has African cultural roots in, in it. You have a great love for what you do. Yeah. You do, <laughs> don't you? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. So that festival coming up in August, August 6th, correct? Yes, yes. We'll be sure to get a link and uh, get that out for And have you back before then. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, we can get the live studio for the band up to speed and get That'd all 12 members of Uncose Afrobeats. We're going to yes. make that happen at some all point. Right. Right. Well, so Master uh, Kennedy grabbed... I'm sorry, go so ahead, I, Eric. I would like to finish up with their website... Um, their website name is uh, culturallearningcenter.org. Okay, That's great. a non-profit. Mm -hmm. So please check out yeah. culturallearningcenter.org so you can learn more about Ngoma Africa based in Provo. And we'll put a link in tonight's show notes. But Master Kennedy, uh, tell us about this last song we're going to hear. Bum bum. Guys, this song is inspired by the story once told by my grandma. So one time I was really curious. I was like, and why there is not that many people of, you know, my tribe in the Congo? And my grandma started telling me a story. And she's like, hey, um, the, your people came from the West Africa and they was hunting and they, they end up being in the center of the Congo. They was just looking for food. You know, when they got to this, uh, the central Congo, they start to they found this part I had so many food and they started to dance and singing, you know. <laughs> so she sang a little bit of pop up, yeah, what the song they were singing and that because that song is really, really popular in the Congo right now. She's like, hey, what if what if you make a song about it? So this this is where this song came from, man. Eh? I hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, at the music starting I'd like to also shout out uh, our website, ww.solix 
www.afrobeatsslc.com. This one is Bum Bum Okosi Afrobeats, right here, fresh and homegrown on KRCL 90.9 FM. KRCL, 90.9 FM, HD1 in Salt Lake City, Ogden, and Provo. 96.7 FM in Park City, on the web at krcl.org. Listener supported, community radio.